the right perspective. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on any and every platform you use to engage with us. Today, we're going to recap and discuss BAPS, a 1997 comedy film starring Halle Berry, Natalie DeSalle, and Martin Landau. It was directed by Robert Townsend and was the screenwriting debut for Troy Beyer, who actually plays an attorney in the film, Tracy Shaw. And while the film lost money, grossing $7.3 million on a $10 million budget, it is definitely considered a cult classic in the Black community. Some of that has to do with the rest of the casting. The movie features several cameos, including LL Cool J, Howard Hewitt, Leon Robinson, Heavy D, Dennis Rodman, Bernie Mac, Faison Love, you know. Um, and for some, that the cult classic status would be enough. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from other right perspective. We'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But we got to start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiya Wright, and I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright, and I am a bat. And I am the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know this movie, a bat is a black American princess. Love that. And sis, today, this yeah. morning, you said something <laughs> that I did not know. You said our dad loved this film. Yes. It used to crack him up. <laughs> he used I to crack up watching Babs. Yes, he loved Babs. Oh my we'll god. Crack him up. Well, I will tell y'all, me and Brittany, this, like, it, it is not an understatement, like an overstatement, rather, to say that we reference this movie on a weekly basis. <laughs> Sis, is this like, am I being now accurate, Now that though? Aubrey like... has seen it, we will begin these references with him. <laughs> he does, he can't stop us. So there's that. Yeah, but uh, yes, we do. Because all the time. Because <laughs> if either of us say what, something what, to what, what quote? What? So if either of us say something to each other that's like no I'm not doing that we always end with because I don't got no issue sleeping on this expensive white car because I know, I, just, know it's poodle hair. I know it's poodle here <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're actually it refuting it doesn't matter what it is <laughs> but we do it all the time because I know it's just poodle here <laughs> And also sometimes we'll do we'll do the boo yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's so it's so it's it, anyway. It's, it, it is and I'm gonna tell y'all, I was trying to find some trivia. I wanted to find like a making of or like and in behind the scenes and like an interview with Robert Townsend. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to see him saying something like you know, yeah, I did this movie because blah, blah, blah. I couldn't find it. And what I started to think was, this is the kind of coverage that we used to probably get in magazines too. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if, there, if I had taken the time, I probably could have found like an Essence article or an mm. Ebony article um, with some of that, you know. Yeah. But I, I didn't start looking until this morning. So I didn't have time. When that occurred to me, it was too late, you know. Um yeah. So we don't have a ton of trivia for this, y'all, um, but we do have nostalgia, you know? <laughs> and so we got to pick a voting symbol. If you're new to our podcast, we always like use the content 
to get to a voting symbol. And then after our discussion, we vote um, and just use, use the symbol to determine whether the movie is a classic from the right perspective. And I have one voting symbol to recommend. And it's, it's, it's not a traditional voting symbol in terms of what I would normally recommend for us, but it feels like it works. You know, at the end of the movie, the main characters have accomplished their goal of opening a business that they have had in their hearts and minds forever. And they actually named the business Lilies. And that name is significant because over the course of the movie, they built this relationship with a man, um, a friendship with him, um, and hit the love of his life was a woman named Lily. And because of the circumstance um, of, you know, their, the, the, the world at the time, they were never able to be together. So it's like his big unrequited love. And the movie, uh, in the movie, one of the man's loved ones actually manipulates that history and tries to use it against him. But then it turns into a victory at the end when um, the main characters are able to, to name their business Lilies um, as a triumph. And, um, and so something about that Lily sign to me really captures like how this movie is like, yeah, people will take something evil, take, take something beautiful and try to use it for evil, but you determine your truth. Yeah, you know, and that's what this movie was about. Characters trying to trying to live in their truth, you know. Um, so that's my recommendation. The lilies, the lily sign from from the end of the movie. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and it's actually it's a it's a combination, <laughs> hair salon restaurant. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's it's lilies with a Z. So that's my recommendation. What did y'all come up with? Hair salon restaurant. <laughs> I, I, so you can get waffles and weeds. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. Eggs and extensions. <laughs> I like your idea because clearly, not only is this movie that you you both watched a lot, it a is apparently lot. connected on a esoteric level somehow. <laughs> it's, Listen, it's deep. I was. I knew all the words. You all the, I was I saying all of them before they happened. Yep. Yep. So I'm 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 curious to hear if Brittany has one in addition. And then I think we should decide between those. Whoop. Like if y'all have if Brittany has something different than you. Okay. What'd you come it, up with, sis? It's the hair. The hair <laughs> that they have on the airplane. That basket thing sitting on top of Holly Berry's head. And <laughs> that booyah basket <laughs> on the top of Natalie DeSalle's head. Like, these are because people still dress up like them for Halloween. Yes, they do. And as soon as you see these outfits and this hair, you don't have to say anything to me. I know you're a bat. Like, you are a bat. It's like... They are doing this outlandish, you know, very like that type of thing. So I got my animal print on today. You know, you know, same situation. Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's a, I, I think that that is something that is notable for the movie. If you see that hair as it was for um House Party, like how is the box haircut? If you see that, <laughs> box, you're immediately thinking of kid. Like, yes. you're like, that's just a wrap. If you see those two hairstyles, you're thinking of BAPS. Yeah, you know where those hairstyles are coming from. Like, 
and there's no it's not like oh would that be this no they're they're literally coming for this i just think it has to be the two hairstyles and um, since i agree with that and actually i did pull up the old movie poster and that is it was the two of them in those outfits with those hairdos. Yes. yes. That's the movie poster. But, and I will tell you, sis, I thought about the hair. I thought about the nails. I even thought about the gold teeth that they wear in the beginning of the movie. And the reason I couldn't get to them as symbols was because by the end of the movie, they were no, they had moved past those things. You know, not in a negative way. Right. It wasn't like, oh, I'm now judging those things and I don't do those things anymore. It was more like they had just moved into a different aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was why I was like, okay, so this was a symbol of who they were, but it wasn't necessarily where they landed by the but end. It is where they landed. Because if you saw people's hairstyles in the audience, even the lawyer, <laughs> yes, they obviously had a big old they, of hair. They had done their hair. <laughs> They had moved too far. He had three to seven pounds of weed. It was (laughs) on the very top of that head. Yes, she did. And a historical fact about when they had actually moved into a place of being a little more, I hate even using the word sophisticated, but just a little more toned down maybe yeah, is a way yeah, to say it yeah. um and they had brought in their perspective uh, yeah you yeah. know they a had more less flair to choose um, from <laughs> that hairstyle that natalie DeSoe had with the ponytail with the braid around it i became obsessed with that hairstyle and anytime <laughs> that i had an event to go to i wanted some form then, of that yes, hairstyle I became obsessed. So that's history. That that's a factoid. Put that on the internet. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> I had a, a ponytail, here's a trivia. <laughs> Anytime I had a weave ponytail in my head, I thought I was Natalie DeSalle. So yeah. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> or Mickey. Yeah. I thought I was Mickey. <laughs> so. Well, you know what, sis? I think we got to go with yours. We really do. Because you're right. I mean, it is 100% accurate that people still dress up as these characters. And when they do, that is the look that they, that's, that's what they, that's what you, that is the iconic bath look. Mm-hmm. It's, even though they had a lot of interesting outfits and things, <laughs> that is the iconic bath look. And in that scene, they called themselves getting ready to go to Beverly Hills. We got to be fans. <laughs> if we're going to Beverly Hills. stars. <laughs> <laughs> and Halle Berry's character had like an etiquette book. <laughs> they were like trying to learn like good manners on the airplane it was just it was (laughs) which who wrote this book if this was a real book who wrote it (laughs) don't write this book she was at the door taking notes anyway we'll get into that we'll get into that yeah i'm and i'm going to say right now shamelessly i'm going to be talking aloud on this podcast and i'm not going to apologize and wonderful wonderful. sorry not sorry (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. So, so let so let let so we'll, so this movie must receive three iconic Baps hairdos <laughs> in order to be considered a classic from the right perspective. Okay, all right. So let's get into our recap. You know, we always do a recap, y'all, because um, our content is old, and sometimes people haven't seen it, but they they want to get in on the fun. So, quick recap for us. Baps revolves around two friends from Decatur, Georgia, named Denise, played by Halle Berry, and Tamika, played by Natalie DeSalle. 
They work in a diner, but they have big dreams of opening a combination restaurant and hair salon because Denise, who goes by Nisi, is a hairstylist, and Tamika, who goes by Mickey, is a great cook. When they learn that Heavy D is doing a nationwide search for a new video dancer, they quit their jobs, give up their apartment, and leave their unmotivated boyfriends, Ali, who's played by Pierre Edwards, and James, who's played by A.J. Johnson. They leave them behind to go to Hollywood to audition. Unfortunately, the audition does not go well, and they only have <laughs> enough money left for one night in a motel and the return flight home. As they're leaving the audition, just heartbroken, they get approached by a man that says he wants to cast them in his music video. They take the bait, and long story short, they have unknowingly become a part of a scam to try to bilk a dying millionaire named Donald Blakemore, played by Martin Landau, out of his money. Mr. Blakemore's nephew is the mastermind behind the entire thing. By the time Nisi and Mickey realize what is happening, they've already bonded with Mr. Blakemore and his home staff. And, you know, they really went from being fish out of water in Mr. in Mr. Blakemore's life in Beverly Hills Mansion to become really a source of joy and friendship for him in the last days of his life. And he really does the same for them. You know, the, the, the trio truly does bond and become like a little family. And the scam finally does come to light, you know, just before Mr. Blake, just before Mr. Blakemore's health really starts to fail. He offers Nisi and Mickey money for the time they've spent with him, which they decline, you know, because they're overwhelmed with guilt related to their participation in the scam. The good news is, which they really learn after Mr. Blakemore's death, is that he knew that they were completely innocent. You know, he didn't hold anything against them and he truly loved them. You know, and so um, he, uh, you know, Nisi and Mickey, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're heartbroken. Mr. Blakemore has passed away. They pack to return to Georgia. And just as they are heading to the airport, Mr. Blakemore's attorney stops them to let them know he left them a considerable sum of money in his will. And the movie closes with a flash forward, you know, Nisi and Mickey have accomplished their dream of owning the comb combination restaurant and hair salon. And it's at a scale that they can never have imagined. You know, it's launching as an international chain with a ton of high profile buzz and like media coverage, celebrity engagements. And, you know, perhaps more importantly, they have launched the chain with the name Lily's in honor of the love of the late Mr. Blakemore's life. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Baps, y'all. Cinematic genius. <laughs> <laughs> and sis, since you've already let us know that you're about to, you about to take over the mic. <laughs> yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where should we start, sis? Oh my goodness. Let's just start at the beginning. This movie has so many individuals in it. Um, whether their parts were very small or large, they were very impactful. So I appreciate how it's starting off with Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac is in there <laughs> and he obviously is the manager of this diner. And that's where we find um, Mickey and Nisi. They are working in this diner and Nisi hears this ad for this show <laughs> and so I loved first of all that this movie is taking place in Decatur Georgia and so <laughs> if you I, I used to live in Decatur so it was like it's like Chuck it's making me chuckle because I'm like 
Yeah, this is definitely a Waffle House vibe situation, how it is in here. And even just right down to this like um, neighborhood, I know you feel. Mm -hmm. DC burns this man's toast. And obviously this is a man that comes into the shop every day, into the (laughs) diner every day. And he's like, you burn my toast, baby. She was like, you know, you like it like that. He was like, and you know, I don't. So (laughs) So just this little small interaction that she has you're seeing that this is a place that you're experiencing. This is a place that Nikki and Mickey have, uh, Nikki, Nisi and Mickey have been working at uh, uh, for a long time. So I appreciate that they're not trying to make this, they weren't trying to make it into some situation. No, these are two sweet women who are work, hard workers. They have dreams, they have savings because this is what they 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 know that they want more. And so uh, I just, I like that part about it. Just showing these, I just, the movie had these funny little parts to me that were just, would have me cracking up. So just being able to see Bernie Mac in there was nice. And seeing and, since, just, and, and I love that you took us to the top because I, I'm remembering like um, the last podcast we just posted um, was Rocky. Okay. And I remember when we were talking about the beginning of Rocky and they had like, you know, the beginning portion where you're just getting to know the character and you're getting to know their world. And, you know, we, we had a little back and forth about it. Was it meaningful? Was it meandering, you know? And so the opening- It was meandering. (laughs) That podcast is over. The debate is complete. (laughs) I didn't mean to pick the scab. I didn't mean to pick the scab. But I, but when, when I was watching Babs, I did think about that, though, because they did do a lot of just the opening context setting. You know, you get to see um, they didn't just tell us that Denise, that, that, that Nisi and Mickey are like exhausted with their day to day and like over it. They let us see it. You know, they were like, we got to see them be in their jobs and be over it. We got to see them um, even just trying to have a little bit of a social life and encountering people that they just don't have things in common with, you know, and then they, um, their boyfriends, it's like these guys who are sweet and they <laughs> care about them, but it's just like, they're just like, what is that thing want, called? Want salon? something else. What was yes yes it was just like everything in their world it was like they were outgrowing it um but they didn't have a way quickly enough to 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 move on to something else and so I thought the movie did a great job of letting us conclude along with them that it was time for a drastic change because if the movie hadn't done that um and then they made the choice that they made which was to leave their life behind and go to and go to um LA you wouldn't believe it or you would just or I don't know it would just you're not you're not questioning it in the moment you know you feel like yeah go get this a try girlfriends because this 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 life you have right here is not a good fit you know what about you bro that open that opening kind of like um getting mm. to know you kind of context well- well, I'll tell you, my history with BAPS is that I rented this movie one time back in the 90s. Shout out and, to renting. And I watched Aww. it for about 12 minutes. And I took it back out and went back <laughs> to Blockbuster and returned. So that, that was my previous history with, with <laughs> BAPS because it was more of a fingernail chalkboard 
situation. But in this, for this podcast, as I told my sisters, I was fully committed to watching and, and being objective with this movie. And About this documentary. And in the beginning. Life. Hashtag life. It was, it, was, it was a documentary. Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, from, <laughs> from the very beginning of the scene, from the very beginning of the movie, it's one of those movies where you know the whole plot as soon as you see the first scene. I'll say that one of the things that kind of made this movie difficult for me to even get into in the from the thought of it, like I'm talking about like way back in whenever, the title... Um, Whenever I found out it was Black American Princesses, that title just didn't draw me in. It made me feel like, okay, all right, again, I see where this is going. And the and I, it wasn't a negative. It was just like, okay, I get it, kind of sure. situation. But I was hoping actually in in the movie that it was going to have some different reason for that name but um the fact that it was him who titled them as that at the end of the movie the millionaire the white yeah, oh, old white yes, millionaire yes, yes, yeah. yes, the old white millionaire titled them as that i um first of all i didn't like that but i also felt like it was a missed opportunity because what would have been more interesting for me is what would have subverted my expectations as if this guy at the end really looked at them as like part of his family. Mm-hmm. But 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 the fact that he still identifies them first so separately from himself, that for me kind of... Um, I'm just talking about the title in the beginning, like like that, like in retrospect. That that those were that's where I was. My head was at the beginning. I'm yeah, like, I, and I know I skipped to the end, but I had to explain why mm. the it was like at first I'm like I don't know if I like the title, and then later on it was like confirmed. Was like, you know, it's bro. Let me let me just say something about this documentary. What you just said about my documentary. <laughs> um, okay, first of all. Oh my God. I've never thought about that. This movie came out in 1997 and I've been watching this movie at least four times a year (laughs) since 1997. And literally you could just record it and I could hear the words and I could see it in my mind. It's fine. Like, and I have never thought about that. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you brought that piece of information into this. And now I need to really process it. I just need to process it. Never thought I, about what? Well, uh, never thought white about man what? calling them black. Oh, okay. oh, I need to process this now. I love Mr. Well, Blakemore. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I, I it, it, it's one of those things. And I, 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 I don't, I do think of it as something that is strange. I've always felt like, it was strange at the end because um, so, so there were a couple of things that were, that they did a good job of, of, of inserting into the film at a, at a, and then calling back. They did. So one example is um, the Butler of the home of, of Mr. Blakemore's home. His name is actually Manling. So this is after the, after the girls get to um, 
They get to, to Beverly Hills. They've now been duped. Okay. They're now in Mr. Blakemore's mansion. And his butler, his name is Manly. But, you know, he looks like Alfred from Batman. <laughs> and, and Mickey, Natalie DeSalle's character, calls him out immediately. And she was like, yeah, when they're looking for that next Alfred, you should audition. Because everybody going to go home that day. Because you want to get <laughs> Everybody's going to lose their job that day. Batman <laughs> to the cave. <laughs> All you got to say is Batman to the cave. And everybody <laughs> going home that day. So... <laughs> But so there's a running ongoing little joke about her calling him Alfred. Um, and during the actual, at the end, when they're reading Mr. Blakemore's will, they did it as like a musical back, like a musical overlay. So you, you're reading the lawyer's lips as she's kind of telling people. But even in the will reading, she calls Manly Alfred. She lips it so you can see, you know, because they just, because it is. They had these. See that happen? Yeah, she calls him oh, Alfred. Alfred. I'm going to back and watch it. Next you gotta day. go back and watch it. Oh, I, I, and again, this, this, I, I was astonished at how much I had this movie memorized. I really <laughs> did. But I already like her lips. She says Alfred, even though again the music is playing, you can't hear it. Um, she also, um, she says, I think she says a hundred million dollars yes. as the amount that they're gonna get. That's the the Nisi and Mickey. But you don't hear her say, she just lips it. But anyway, that was just one example of a great callback they did. Another great example is when the girls first get to the mansion, they see this abstract picture and they're like, oh, that looks like Lakeisha Jenkins. <laughs> With a bad hair weave. With a bad hair weave. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, the boyfriends end up at the mansion and they see the portrait and they're like, Lakeisha Jenkins. <laughs> so the movie was full of great callbacks. And so, bro, I have always felt like BAP should have been named earlier and then called back and at the end. Well, that, that was that would have been more. Yeah, it, it I have always felt that, sis. I we've never talked about that, but I've always felt like where, where did that come from? You've been hiding from you've been well, keeping was, secret from me. But I've always felt like where, where did that I come just from? think that that well, is I, like what, what our was, whole relationship is in question now. <laughs> never said that to me, and I really just needed a second. That's because you're my bad. <laughs> that's because you're my bad. Well, that's I what I was. That's what I was hoping <laughs> it was going to be. Like I was hoping it was going to be like. That was their name for themselves. Or That's something. right. And like, but you know. And actually, and, 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 I would have been fine if they never would have put the and the the name in the movie at all. I think I would have been fine if they just would have called the movie Black American Princesses and was just showing some women walking through life. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you and know this what? Is who you they know are. what? I, I would have been okay with that too. Yeah. Even I, not having okay it in the movie. Too. Like like if it was I, just I thought, I like not that. in the movie at all. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I definitely and I definitely could have got there. The other part of the callback was when Natalie, I'm going to be calling about her real names, Mickey and Nisi were coming down the stairs and they were about to leave uh before the will reading. And Mickey finally calls Manly Manly. And he says Alfred would do quite nicely. Cause he has he because before the he was correcting her. <laughs> he was correcting her. So the controversy is that Mr. Blakemore is a nephew. I can't remember his his name in the movie. Oh, I'll we'll, look it up. We'll call him <laughs> for right now. Really we'll, call like evil. we'll call him <laughs> evil nephew. Yeah. So evil nephew, he is um he is has created this plan. Jonathan Freed played Isaac. 
Isaac, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Isaac is his Mr. is Mr. Blackborn's nephew. And so he has created this plan that he is going to get some people who are quote unquote ignorant and to have them come into this house and to pretend to be his uncles, as Janai was talking about in the recap, his uncle's long lost love. The uncles was in love with the young lady. She was he was growing up. She was a black woman. They weren't allowed to be together. The parents actually made sure he married a white woman. And then that was that. He never saw her again. Per Isaac's story, when he's talking to Nisi and Mickey. And so Nisi is coming in to play uh, Lily's granddaughter. And so you're getting this opportunity to like see how when, when they how this this family is but at any rate they're picked up by the limo driver after i got his name right here that was luigi plays amodeo um who was playing antonio antonio so antonio is in on it because he's going to get money from isaac as well mm-hmm. so he picks them from this audition they're like, okay, let's go because he tells them that they're going to get $10,000 and be able to have free room and board in a Beverly Hills mansion, and they, which is that that part is funny. And they're like, what? $10,000? Where is it? So they go, they go to this mansion. And so this is where you're starting to see this part of them trying to do this Beverly Hills thing. They've taken all their big hair off because it was already falling off anyway. That was part of the issue that was happening in the audition. They were slapping people with their hair <laughs> there. And you also saw Mickey slapping the man to sit next to them in the plane with their hair. It was just too big. And so um they get to the door and that's where they first meet Manly. And Manly says to them in so many words that begging is not allowed in Beverly Hills. And he closes the door on them. And for them, because they're so sweet and genuine and authentic, they're just like, oh, that's what they be begging all the time. Homeless people begging all the time. You're walking up and down the street. And they're like, that's when you just see them ready to go off. Because they're like, what? What's about to be on now? It's on in Beverly Hills. It's on in Beverly Hills. (laughs) Because before that, Nisi is talking about etiquette. And she's saying, like, when someone asks, how are you doing today? Our response should be, living large and taking charge, big boy. She said, no. (laughs) Say, very nice. Thank you. (laughs) I'm doing very well. And you? You? And so it's just so funny to just see the like having this interaction conversation. And so Manly from the beginning is like, who are these ghetto, low class? Why are you here? You're beggars. He thinks they're beggars. And Beverly Hills, how did you get past security? So we're at the end of the movie. He loves them. Yeah. And in the futuristic part of their life, when he's there, he is helping them open locations around the world. And so I just appreciate how they show this, as you all always say, this arc in their relationship of going from this complete disdain. We're from two separate worlds and now we're in the same world and you're, and we are, you're actually working for us now, Manly. Thank you. You know what I mean? So it's, it's these, it's one of those things. That that was another, when, when he had that over the top, uh, interaction with them in the beginning, you're like, okay, so they're going to love each other at the end. 
because it was so over the top when he met them. But did you experience it? That's my question. Did you experience their love growing, bro? When they got into, they started communicating. They did. They peeled it away over time. This is an interesting question. I was never able to get um, to suspend my disbelief while watching this movie. Um, ah, well, we need to because, stop the podcast because I see you haven't actually watched it. Oh, no, I watched it. And I, and I, like watch I said, it again. Like, but um, I think, first of all, a lot of the things that they're joking about, right, are things that I don't like in real life. So to the point where it's hard for me to. What's an example, bro? Of like when I see the crazy hair and the long nails and all of that in real life, like I would never tell nobody what to do with themselves, but I'm just saying for me watching it, like I don't like that to the point where it's difficult for me to get lost in the comedy of it. But there are ways that it's been done well, like Friday, for example. Friday addressed, uh, Friday's the old movie where they were doing hood stuff, but it wasn't over the top to the point where it's like, okay. Like, and that's how I felt in this, like when they were in the beginning getting to try to cook in the nails, I'm like, all right. Like, I know, I, like, the nails are just so long. And I, I honestly feel like Holly Berry was not a good choice for this um, movie. I just didn't buy it. Like I didn't, it felt like Holly Berry acting like a ghetto person the whole time. I never felt like it was me watching the character. You know what I'm saying? Like I always felt like I, I was just like, okay, okay. So I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be real hood, right? Okay, so this is what I'm gonna do. It's like, hey, bro, can I just tell you, I I had such, I I continue to have such a different experience with mm-hmm. Halle Berry's performance. Like, for me, I you know, I don't think that they were trying to really make them be as so hood as much as they were just trying to make them be just these, just they were just sweet. You know, there was something like they were in terms definitely of that. In terms of what they were trying to play up in the characters, because I will tell you, you all know, like in general, any content that is like leaning into tropes and stuff like that, you you know, I struggle. Okay, yeah, and I was what, and, and, and I'm telling you, but but not, but I don't I don't struggle with the way that it was handled mm. in this film because I didn't feel like they were um, handling it in a way that was um, making fun of it. Or, or challenging us to laugh at it. They were making us in the moment with these people, like we were laughing with them. So like when they felt like their hair looked good, we're like, booyah, I'll get it girl. And then when their hair gets in their way, you're like, yeah, well, you know, maybe it was a bit much. I don't know. So somehow they had drawn me in um, with this movie in a way that I, I didn't struggle with some of those things that might've been a little bit more over the top. And I'm, I'll say like, and when you were just talking about suspending your disbelief, you know what I started to think about, bro? 
is movies like some of these Adam Sandler movies. And I've referenced this before. Um, it's not, it, it's a more modern form of like a slapstick kind of, where it's just like, you're in it just to laugh and have a good time. And it's like, there we have Adam Sandler doing this strange accent or, or speech impediment that no one in the world has or something. And you just roll with it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's in these absurd circumstances. Is it predictable? But it's just like fun. Mm -hmm. And so when I, I put BAPS in that same kind of category of like, you know, I, I didn't watch it to go on um, a journey of needing to be immersed in the story. Like, um, I get that. As if it was like a um a, a serious examination of um a, a a lifestyle and how that lifestyle could adapt in a different you know locale. Mm. I really looked at it as like fun characters mm. who were truthful, you know. And I thought Holly Perry did a good job. I really did. I thought she. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying she. I I bought her as I bought her as Nisi. Yeah. I was saying... I was bought in. Like I felt like she she played that character. There was no point for me where I felt like she, that character was struggling to, because you know what, I, I feel like I have a sense of what it looks like when somebody's mm -hmm. like, you're not really in that character. I, you know, I bought her. And, I, I, and, I, and I'm not saying she did a bad job. I'm saying. You couldn't buy her as that character. It just, it never connected with me. Like yeah. I just felt like I was watching Holly Berry trying to be a hood chick okay. the whole time. Okay. It, it just it just didn't what about and it was you, almost sis? like I wanted it to, but it just Yeah. What about you, sis? Did you did you feel like that Halle Berry was reaching or did you kind of buy her in this character? I bought her in the character. And the reason why I think for the movie, documentary. <laughs> I mean hashtag life. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hello. No, but I will say this movie, in my opinion, it celebrated a certain faction of Black women that oftentimes is degraded. Yep. Um, and turned into like these caricatures almost. A like... trope, a someone that becomes, oh, they're low class, they're not educated. They're all these different things where, quite frankly... Some of them are extremely intelligent, but they may just not always have the opportunity to do other things, but they're working hard in who they are. Mm -hmm. And so when I see them, I do see confidence. I do see they are trying. They're paying all their bills. They're working. They're saving money. Or there are people who are wealthy and still not saving money. Mm -hmm. They have goals, they have dreams, and they're not lofty to them. They are, it's a matter of time to mm -hmm. them, which mm -hmm. so many people who have a ton of opportunity don't even have that type of drive and that type of belief in themselves of manifesting something that they want. And so I, when I see them, I was watching this movie celebrate individuals that I knew, celebrate individuals that I admired because they had a confidence I had to find later in life. Mm -hmm. They had it all along. They had the authenticity and, a, and, a, and a, a direct truth that a lot of people cannot take and they hate, but they quietly admire because you're always honest, 
even if it's brutal sometimes. Mm-hmm. And while we could have this conversation of like, oh, having a sense of decorum, I get it. I don't want you walking in the store acting, you know, quote unquote, a certain way. But also let's get into a discussion of who has created the standards of what decorum is. Mm-hmm. If we get into that, that can take us to a whole nother way of going left. And when I think about their their hairstyles, I think about their outfits, I think about their nails, get on Instagram and go to your search page. Those nails, everybody is, has those nails. Everybody. And it's across Every, all and it's, races and it's and across all races. Economic levels. Economic now. levels. Mm-hmm. Everybody has these outlandish long, clickety clack. Can mm-hmm. you do anything nails? When I'm even thinking about hairstyles, while it may not be as tall and all these different things, but that was also something that's so beautiful about women who would be hood chicks or what we used to say ghetto back in the day and stuff like that is because they didn't, they didn't have to be like, well, I'm, I'm going to be different. No, they just walked out the house and they just were. And these aesthetics started to be, you could go, for example, the big door knockers, there are companies that are selling those for $200. Mm-hmm. fake earrings what it's this it's this thing of we take it and we and it's taken and it's demonized here but then it's moved someplace else and it's celebrated it's different it's this it's that and it's like so y'all are excited about this tinted lipstick and how how holly berry had the lip liner and all that different stuff and this was in the 90s right that's 90s aesthetic if you look at any old videos of like freak Nick or any old music videos and all this different stuff church videos everybody look like this <laughs> there's so many individuals that look like this i did that lip liner room. i did that lip liner with the clear but someone yeah. mm-hmm. someone recently did this lip liner went off as if it wasn't something that has been out there right. in brown and black communities for years. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think about those different things about how a lot of times we don't even realize it, but our view is so shaded by this outside European Eurocentric standard of what appropriate is mm-hmm. that we can't even look at this and just go, these are two people in the hood living life doing what they were supposed you know doing what they needed to do with and then i also was i was like i was like this is just some this movie was not made for anybody black people there was white people in this movie because there was a reason we needed them but this movie was made for black people because even when the stuff when she was like uh, my mama told me all good things come in threes and so he just listened to her talk about this but again if i get into the deeper context of it you have somebody who is believing so much and what their idea is that they are going to go to LA with their savings, believing in themselves so much, not knowing what's about to happen. Sometimes you have to have that reckless abandonment in yourself. So anyway, you have to, and you have to, and there's, there was another piece of that that was about, um, you know, being, having a ride or die friend. You know, this was very much a story of two friends that had a dream together, but more than anything else, they believed in each other. And so, um, so like the Natalie DeSalle character, Mickey, in the beginning, she was doing a little side eye to Nisi when Nisi was like, listen, 
I'm seeing signs here. We got to go to, we got to go to, you know, LA. She heard it on the radio. She saw it on the TV and she saw it in the magazine, which shout out. I just want to say, I thought that part was hilarious when they saw it in the magazine. You clearly know it's a piece of paper that is glued into that magazine. (laughs) And I crack up every time I see it because I'm like, y'all didn't even try to make this better. Y'all glued this piece of paper to this. I never noticed that. And I love it. I never noticed that shit. Now oh I gotta go back God, and see it's that. It's hilarious to me. But it was it was about it was about friendship, you know. And um, it actually um, talking about the Natalie DeSalle character that gives me an opportunity, I think, to honor this cast a little bit. Um, so Natalie DeSalle is one of those people. Um, Brittany and I were talking earlier, where it's like you recognize her but you might not have known her name. And she actually passed away a couple of years back. Um, mm-hmm. And sis, I don't know the story of that. Do you know she what had happened? A, she had an illness. She, I believe she had a form of cancer. Mm. I, can't, I don't know all the details, but I will tell you this. There have only been two people who were famous that when they passed away, I cried. And Natalie was one of them. Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. one was Aaliyah. And then mm-hmm. Natalie DeSalle's care, Natalie DeSalle, she is somebody because whether she knew it or not, her presence to dark skin plus size girls, she may have known it, she may have not known it, but her presence, because her her size was never an issue. She was just whatever character she was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even from her playing in Eve. Um, I, I really playing, enjoyed her, her in Eve. Yes, her being one of the stepsisters and Cinderella for the television production. Um, that was just recently celebrated. So, you know, you have yeah, Natalie Dissell. When when I saw that on social media, I had to take a break. I had to take yeah. a break because I was just like, wow, you you're not, you know, when you don't see someone as well, you're not really thinking about what's going on because these are real people, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, and- yeah. And a couple of other of these cast members, you know, have have passed away. You know, Martin Landau, of course, who plays Mr. Um, Mr. Blakemore, has passed away. Ian Richardson, who plays Manly, has passed away. Um, and then Bernie Mac, ah, you know, who played Mr. Johnson, the diner manager or owner, also passed away. You know, um, heavy and D. oh yeah, Heavy D, that's another one, passed away. And um, I was thinking about, um, you know, the two boyfriends, Pierre Edwards, who played Ali, and A.J. Johnson, who played James. Um, I don't really know what else they've done or what they've been up to, you know, until I was searching for a, um, a like, a behind the scenes or something. Until I was looking for that, I, I didn't even know that Pierre Edwards was a stand-up and like an internet personality. You know, so I don't know, sis, do you have a sense of these two in terms of their careers and what else they've been in? Yeah, just in general, like, let me look real quick. Because I I just want to know They've both been in a bunch of movies. I was about to say, they've been in a ton of movies. They're both staples. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Pierre, he's a stand-up comedian. And so they have, um, I think it's called Comedy Hype Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's a regular on there. Okay. Like, so yeah, he, they're, they're big in and the comedy one. circuit. Okay. And he has one himself. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. But, but the, I will say that you said his name is AJ Johnson. Johnson. I feel like. AJ Johnson. I've, 
there were other things because we're talking about it, of course my brain is not wanting to get up okay well but i just looked I it up know him from i just looked it stuff. up i'm looking yeah. he, so he, was, he was the crackhead of friday thank you he was easy he's black cinematic royalty Okay. <laughs> he absolutely is. Even right down to him. I forgot that he was in um uh what is it? Nine Friday, he was in Players Club, How to Be yes. a Player. Yes, I'm looking like, at this list now. He's he in, has been in so many things. He's named characters in these things. So House Party, Lethal Weapon 3, Menace to Society, House Party 3, Panther, Friday, The Great White Hype. Baps, of course, How to Be a Player, Hoover Park, The Players Club, Woo. Y'all know I've never seen Woo. Um, I got the hookup. Um, Dark Angels. He passed away. Foolish, Hot Boys. Yeah, there's a long list here, y'all. I forgot he he passed away. Who? I forgot he passed away. Anthony, Anthony John. Well, John. 2021. Oh my God. I remember that. I remember that. I totally forgot about that. I remember that. I totally oh have forgotten about that that mm-hmm. he passed away. Yep. Because I remember seeing that and going, because mm. I remember that being the year, like, because that was during pandemic. So it was like, wait, why are all of our like actors and actresses that we no. know like a ton of them passing away? I was like, what is yes, going on yes. right now? Like, okay, that's another I completely one. forgot about that. But he is somebody that is a black a, a, a character, an actor in the in the black community, a staple in the black community in our films. Uh, let's look sure. at let's look at the and other. I, I, I would like to talk about the cast actually because yeah, let's do it. The, the one thing that with this cast, I wanted to enjoy this movie more. I really did because all all the pieces were there. Like mm-hmm. I felt like like I had a bunch of actors that I enjoyed so much in other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt like, and I vaguely remember this, but it almost felt like they were trying to make a supercast or something, or, or like like with all of these different, especially at that time, to have all these different little, not to even mention the cameos. And I felt like some of them were doing the best they could with what was going on. But like but other than the cameo, so, so who who in particular are you thinking about, bro? Well, I'm thinking I, I, I'm thinking about Bernie. I'm thinking about Bernie Mac. I'm okay. thinking about AJ Johnson. I'm thinking about Pierre. I'm thinking about Got it. Um there were a few people that I recognized. Yes. That I can't I Phase on Love. Face on had, love, yes. Because yes, like, yes. like Bernie Mac had one scene, Face yeah. on Love had one scene. You yeah, know, so there were some so, of these so people that just, were just in so quickly. And then they were funny when they were in it, but it was just like because Bernie, I didn't laugh out loud, but I felt like I was going there. because he was being classic Bernie. Yeah, but that funny. always works. It mm-hmm. works because he's so good at it. And he's so and I <laughs> He taking you, ten dollars out your doggone check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Johnson, was, that was all right. because, like, like, like you know, and it made me think about because AJ Johnson and Bernie Mac are also both in, in Players Club. Okay, and, I haven't seen that. Yes, and um, add that to that the list. should be on the list. Okay, that that should definitely be on the list. But quintessential hood film. But like <laughs> seeing them, they're so good because there's times where AJ Johnson is the front man. And then there's the other times where he knows how to, he's not the main one in yeah. the scene. And so like, 
there were scenes with him and Birdie um, in, in Players Club where, like, you know, he's, Birdie's fully into the Dollar Bro character. And AJ Johnson's just, like, you know, playing it in a way that's letting him even shine more. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, these different actors, I felt like, like, the only time I laughed in this movie out loud was at the end in AJ Johnson's scene. What year did Players Club come out? Players Club? No, I'm saying the only time I laughed at Baps was at the end. Yeah. When I think Players Club was also like 97. It, no, but, it came out in 98. So that's yeah, yeah, interesting okay. to think about that you have like a building of a resume almost. Like they're getting to be able, now that they played these parts in this 97 movie, it's like, okay, now there's this 1998 movie where they're getting more lines or they're getting to shine a little more like in a yeah, stepping stone for some of that. Well, but, but, Fr- but Friday was before all of those. That's and, true. and he, AJ Johnson's character was one of the main, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you ain't calling Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just saying at the end of that at the, at the baps you see his talent because he like what he was like why don't we go somewhere to watch other people eat i, I want to eat, eat too <laughs> why you gotta wear your Sunday clothes so weird oh, <laughs> and it's like i just felt like man they should have like this well, all the I'm saying it felt like it could have been one of those movies that was like undeniable laughs if they would have structured it a little differently and, and pulled on some of the talent more. Because even the dude Pierre, I mean, he's funny in movies. He's funny. You know what I mean? Like he's funny in how to be a player. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that, see, I don't know his body of work, you know, but I thought he was, I thought he was funny in this. I thought, I found him to be funny. You I'm know, not, that's the, the point oh, no. I'm making. I ain't getting that, rid of this. That, that's, <laughs> that's the point I'm making. Like, when I was watching them, I feel like I'm watching who they're portrayed. You know, sure. like he, like, because he's just so, like, when he had that hair. I'm bringing, so I'm bringing the perm. If anything, I'm bringing the perm. If back. anything, I'm bringing. <laughs> You're she definitely said, not. You know my up here hairdresser and my man looking like super fly. They were like, "No, super fly, little brother, super flea." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, y'all? I did go back and watch a trailer, and I got to tell you, I was disappointed in the trailer because the trailer had so many of those great one-liners in it. So mm-hmm. if you if you saw that trailer back in the day and then you went to see the movie, you got a bunch of the surprises. That's probably why I rented yeah. it. I probably and, saw the trailer. Yeah, because it was because it was funny line after funny line in this trailer. And also, I'm gonna say Halle Berry promoted that movie because I saw interviews of her. She was on Rosie O'Donnell, she was on the Jay Leno show. I mean, she was at she they she promoted that movie. You know, um, and, and, and again, I, I want to reiterate, I'm not saying Holly Berry did a bad job. No, sure. I'm not. I'm just saying it didn't. You know how, like, remember when you watch um, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. you do not feel like you tonics. Like, you feel like it gets to a point where you're like, you really, you know, that point in the movie where it's like the person has made you believe that they're that person. Yeah. For, for for and I just never 
Okay. And like I said, I wasn't expecting it to be because, like you're saying, this is a fun movie. It's not yes. supposed to be, but I just it just never never got. But one you know piece what? of trivia. I what I think you're saying is that we need a Nisi origin story. Um, it it could have mm-hmm. been a situation where she wasn't raised there, and then she came and she had to adapt, but it was never really who she was. <laughs> well, Brittany, I'm gonna tell you, even though I wasn't fully enjoying this. The, the movie, I felt like this story had a good premise. Like if somebody explained it to me, I'll be like, that, that would be funny. Fun. Oh, that yeah. would be funny because, because well, it's like- I need to do her trivia, sorry. I have a question though. Yeah. Oh no, my sorry. trivia, it wasn't top notch, but it was, um, <laughs> it was just that this was her first time playing a comedic lead. She had been in other things. Maybe that's, maybe that's. But the, we don't think of her as a comedy actor. Maybe that's what it is. Just in my, like, she just wasn't funny to me. The, the, it felt like the plot was there. Mm-hmm. The cast was there. Mm-hmm. But it just, for me, and also yeah. remember, I'm also watching this at 44. Yes. Into 2023. So, Maybe if I powered through in the, you know, 97, when it came out, I might've got more into it. You know what I'm saying? Like I might've got more into it as the, cause it's definitely a 90s movie. Now that is for sure. Oh, clearly. (laughs) There were also the parts of, uh, I appreciated whenever they were talking about soul food and you know, they were, they had made him like for his, they had made Mr. Blakemore, of course, with him being sick, he has a strict diet. And so like the plate they brought in was like three string beans, a, a chicken breast and like one red potato. And Nisi, of course, being a cook was like, she said, you're not dead yet. And I was like, <laughs> these, are the, these are the things that it's like, oh my God, don't that. but it's like this was her being her authentic self of like you are not dead yet you can she was like you could still eat hearty and, she and be like, healthy and be healthy and she yeah I, you know that, <laughs> that was also funny. i've never eaten healthy so good so food i've never um, had that i've never had healthy good so food i've had you know anytime somebody tell you about a healthy ingredient you're like, okay, here we go. Like, well, you know, this, but I use turkey broth instead of, and then you say, you're like, yeah, ah, you I went did. the lard. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> so that was another part. That, I went the lard. I went the lard. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that was another part that was. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was, and I wasn't going to say something to y'all say something, but I'm just saying, like, that was another part, like, there ain't no healthy soul Like, what are y'all talking? And she's like, the way I cook it. And, I, for my personal life experience, just for me, I hate that message being, even in a joke, I just, because it's not. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for soul food, because obviously there is. It's it's great, but to say that it's healthy, I mean. Well, bro, I got to say. Baby, there are. I'm not gonna be in these. I'm open to be convinced. I'm not gonna be in these kinds of people like slutty vegan and all that. I'm I'm staying right about these comments. I I mean, I will tell you, bro. I mean, well, I've had, but but he's he's speaking to his experience, right? I've had no, I'm I'm open, I'm open because I'm gonna tell you what that's 
I'm just saying I've never had it yet. Like, like whatever I've had, you know how it is. Like you go to somebody's house. I know what you and mean, they're like, bro. Well, you but- know, I wasn't going to use this. So I use that. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to be open-minded. You know, I want to be, I want to be healthy. And then you eat, you're like, And bro, you know what you're making me realize that the experiences that I'm reflecting on where I've had healthy versions of soul food, it has not been in people's homes. It has been in restaurants, you know, um, you know, restaurants where, you know, they have taken steps to, to, to change ingredients, to make things more healthy. Um, you know, table type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just need the, so let's, let's think about some of the classic things like, um, you know, macaroni and cheese, right? Now you can get a really delicious macaroni and cheese that has like a vegetable-based pasta, vegetable-based mm-hmm. cheese, but it's still good. Um, you know, again, that's at the rest, it's at a restaurant. It's not somebody's made it. And there are you know? there are home recipes, but that is when you get into a situation of, you know how you can, I like to play with savory food. You can't, when it comes, in my opinion, to certain foods, like if you're doing the vegan situation, you need to follow them directions. Don't don't sway. Don't don't, yeah. don't sway. Don't let the don't, don't, be yeah, don't, let the don't play no. Don't play no. Because our ancestors don't ask the ancestors. Because the ancestors are like, I didn't use that. Yeah. I don't really know when to tell you stop. Get so the scientific do ratios. Don't do so, that. Yeah, listen to me. <laughs> but I will tell you. So going back to the movie, the it 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 was it was that scene. In my opinion, it was about the fact that his menus clearly had been not top notch. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were but awful. it was also but all them chefs. But it was also right, right. Everybody's cooking, no one's using seasoning. What's <laughs> happening? Um, but it was it was it was, there was a bigger thing that happened there, which was that the by Nisi and Mickey taking over in the kitchen, they were giving him something to look forward to. You know, it it and it, it when we saw him, he wasn't initially so sick, like he couldn't walk. It was more just like he was sick and was in the house downtrodden. Mm-hmm. And then they gave him things to look forward to. They started introducing him to music. You know, they started, um, again, giving him meals he could look forward to that reminded him of meals he had in his childhood. Yeah. Um, and so the- also it was cooked with love. And it was, that's the thing. So it was, it was about giving him an alternative way of eating, but it was more than that. It was about saying, you know what you, sir, have given up clearly. It's clear that you've given up, but you, there are things you can still look forward to, you know, maybe you're on the countdown clock, but let's make it good. Yeah. You know, and that was Nisi saying, you ain't dead yet, you know? And so, yeah. they, and they did, they made the most of his time and part of what the scam was Brittany walked through like how the scam played out Mickey and Nisi, they knew that he was dying and they thought their job was to just make sure he had a good end of life they didn't know that they were doing that so that the nephew could then manipulate mm-hmm. their presence into being something nefarious and so that but I'm, I'm happy that we honed in on the food because that was the first intervention they made for him it was in the kitchen it was, it was in the kitchen and he, this began, he, the next morning he woke up and he was like, 
Good morning, everybody. He came and got ice cream out the refrigerator. Like we had something to look forward to. When you're first introduced to Mr. Blakemore, he's like in his bedroom. It's dark. There's only light coming through a window. He's like reading a newspaper or a book. And he like starts coughing. And you're like, oh, this man's dying in 20 minutes. <laughs> and then the next morning, he's like vibrant. And he's talking about, they're talking about, he walks in on them talking about going to the record store. And he walks in, he's like, and Manly, make sure to get my ice cube CD. And he's eating mm -hmm. ice cream, like, what's for breakfast? And it's okay. like, what? Okay, since so, so there was a scene that obviously didn't make it to the final movie that I saw in one of the promo clips. Okay. And it was a scene where Nisi and Mickey are in his bedroom telling him, you need to be watching BET and listening to hip hop. <laughs> you know and so if that that him coming in and say don't forget my ice cube cd it it would make more sense okay they had kept that <laughs> other scene um but he did come down just with this renewed energy it was like oh my gosh i'm i'm looking forward to something you know yeah well y'all we've talked about the acting you know we've talked about the cast we've talked about the story a bit you know that mansion was gorgeous oh yeah the set forget about it it was gorgeous. love it love it love it they did they did a good job of, of bringing decatur to life i think and they did a good job of bringing beverly hills to life making you know? sure they made sure they showed night and day between two different places big time it was a night and day big time but we gotta talk about the music is that what you're about to say great now let's do go. it <laughs> do it i'll be loving you forever mm. <laughs> mm. that was nisi and ali's song they've been together since high school and i just love that song i just mm -hmm. love that it whenever i hear it immediately i think baps i don't think anything else i think baps immediately or uh the the montage scene whenever they are out doing the shopping spree and getting their hair done and stuff like that with Mr. Blakemore. Something, something, it's the good life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was like, this is the, this music, it sounds very nice. That's a good song. Yes. Like, you have that. I, I appreciate it. But this is also from a time. There's some CC Peniston in there. Yes, this is also mm -hmm. from a time where, that we have discussed where you had to have, and my friend, I was telling her how we were recording BAPS, and she said it without me like even prompting it. She was like, oh man, I remember I had that soundtrack. She was like, but you know, that was back in the day mm. when soundtracks meant something to yeah. And y'all, just, to, just like to read down the soundtrack a little bit here, um, No One But You, the Macadocious Mix. Um, performed by Veronica Vasquez featuring Craig I love Mack. Angie and I read. I love Angie and I read ghetto stuff. Move on by Shreveport Page. <laughs> Get Your Groove On performed by Girl. That's with a Y. G-Y-R-L. Okay. <laughs> Get Down On It. Cool in the Gang. Forever Get by Damage. Quintet in A for Piano and Strings by the Colorado String Quartet. Arrival of the Queen of Sheba. John Butler in the City of London. Let me see here. Um, yeah, the y'all, this is like a really, it was, it was really fun. You know, they have, I miss you written by heavy D and Terry Robinson. Um, it's a, it's a long list, you know, giddy up, let's ride performed by Kinsu. Um, I wonder if it was a double scene. Yeah. It's a long mm -hmm. list. You One know, thing but, 
Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, sis. I was just going to say one thing about as you were talking and naming the songs, it just made me, when you said Heavy D, it made me go back to that moment when they saw Heavy D at the restaurant. And I think something about Mickey and Nisi were that they're the things that we say that we would do, that we would never do, but we would want to do. They do the things that we, because of, I can't do that. They they do those things. And so part of this is acting very loud in this quiet restaurant where people are enjoying themselves. Right. And truly, truly fanning out when the rest of us were trying to act, we would, rest of us would play it cool. You know, they didn't have that fear when they saw El Cool J in the airport. Ooh, let love in the flesh. (laughs) (laughs) And then when they saw Heavy D, when they saw, um, who was a Howard Hewitt, she was like, you got to sing for me. And then, then they saw, she saw Leon. She jumped on Leon. Ooh, Leon, I'm going to exhale. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening in this moment? And then they saw Heavy D and they're screaming. And it was like, Heavy D didn't see all I could do. She was like, I'm a good dancer. And I'm the next Monifa. Why are you singing been in it? <laughs> you been gone. <laughs> so it's like just even them celebrating just music even in that way of having some of these artists in here like a Howard Hewitt and a Heavy D I just I appreciated that as well them doing that um and the I don't know who the man is that played what is he a maitre d at the restaurant let's see or the host but he knew Mr. Blackmore when he came in he did such a good job as well he sure did trying to wrangle them in he was <laughs> he was trying to wrangle them in. He was a good Go, table. That, that's another one. That's, a, that's another one. I felt like not because that's a funny guy. I don't know who he is. But whenever you I'm see not him, you like him. Real bad. But, yeah, but that was another yeah. one I felt was like a little underused because in his scenes he was funny, but I felt like he could have could have used him more. Yeah. But he, but he, he he was funny. He was I felt funny. like I would have laughed. I might have laughed at him in '97. Yes. Yeah. Oh, when they were dancing, because we're music part, when they were at the club and that song was on. My back is aching, my bra suit tight, my booty shaking. <laughs> right. I was like, I forgot about this song. Go left, go right, go left, right, left. My back. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I already, well, well I'm not sorry. I, I warned you guys. <laughs> I warned you guys. I warned you guys what was about to happen. This turned into the Britney podcast. <laughs> I warned you at the top. Mm-mm. It's my favorite episode. I know. I love it. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think we covered all of the categories we wanted to cover pretty much. Um, I think we can go to the vote. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm the only one really voted here, right? <laughs> no, no. The vote oh, well, then you is took real. Them first. You have you took, re- fir- you took them first then. You took them. We're okay, going to reverse that's order. Fine. We're that's going fine. Brit- we're Brittany? going youngest and older. Oh, I see what you're doing there. What, what do we think? What do we think Brittany's You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> My bit on the fence, you know, uh, alive. <laughs> what? This gets my babs. You all knew from the beginning. This gets my... 
Where like, classic Babs hairstyles? <laughs> no, I like I like phonetically how you said it gets my Babs. I don't know that. I like I that. Did. We know what we're talking about. We do. We're talking about the Babs hair. It gets my Babs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason why it gets my Babs is because number one, I was laughing. Like I had to pause and call Janaya and say, I'm laughing at this. Anytime Natalie DeSell's character pushed up her boobs because she was about to talk to a man. It cracked me up. I was just like, why is that? What you doing? So funny. And so um, I think there were those small things, but more so it was the larger story of telling these two Black women's story. And it was like this type of situation where I felt like it was a movie that said, oh, what if we got $100 million for somebody? What would we do with it? You know, I feel like it was that type of dream come true you know, but also even if that dream never happened, that restaurant slash hair salon was going to be opened by Mickey and and by Nisa. Oh, they were going that to get was, there. They were going to have it. And so I appreciated this movie showing this piece of um, hood life that needs to be really explained. A lot of times you just hear many negative things and it's not all like that. It is people who do have goals. They do mm-hmm. have dreams. They do have plans. Mm-hmm. It's not just a goal and a dream. They have plans. And sometimes they just need the right opportunity, meeting the right person to help those plans to go forward. And this movie also to me was a, a reminder to be yourself wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can grow change you can grow change morph evolve but at the core you should always be who you are and to always be kind to people they had no when they first got that gig it was for ten thousand dollars when they left that gig it was a hundred million dollars but they were being themselves and even when they got offered fifty thousand dollars they both said no Mm-hmm. Because they were genuinely being themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I just I I just want to name that. Believe in yourself. Be authentically who you are because there's nothing wrong with you. Grow and evolve and change in the spaces that you need to. Never lose who you are, though. And never forget to treat people kind. You don't know who you're entertaining. You don't know who this person is going to be in your life. And I'm not just saying treat people kind because they might give you a hundred million dollars. I'm saying treat people kind because that's just how we should be. Mm-hmm. That way, when someone sees you, they remember. I I was only talked to them for five minutes, but it was an enjoyable conversation and interaction. Mm-hmm. I remember it mm-hmm. because that's how you should be. So this movie absolutely gets my you know, classic Babs hairstyles because mm-hmm. not only because it made me laugh, but it resonated with where I am in this space in my life of manifesting and believing in myself. Love that. Love that. Well, this movie does get my um, iconic Babs hairdo. Um, and it's because of a couple things. I would say the first thing is that there are so many ways this movie could have gone wrong. You know, there was a way that these two characters could have been portrayed that would have had us cringing and angry and embarrassed. There was also a way that the relationship between the white characters um, that had, a, for for all intents and purposes, a lot of the power in the movie 
there was a way that those relationships could have been been portrayed that would have just made us like roll our eyes and be like oh sigh here we go again um but they didn't do that there was just a nuance here and the way these characters were written and a way that these relationships were, were portrayed that I never ever ever got that ick feeling that I get sometimes Sometimes I'll be watching something that is a slice of black life that is true and it is real, but I still have to fight this like, ah, they're the way that they're portraying it is not really in our truth, you know, in terms of like how we experience it. And I didn't feel like that happened with this movie. There was just, it was just so, I think, delicately done. I would also say in terms of the story, there were some things about it that to me were just so refreshing. One of the main ones is that they never had a point where Nisi and Mickey turned on each other. I would, I would search, I would beg all of you to think about, try to think about any girlfriend's movie where this two central girls at the main are the main characters. There's always a point where one of them disappoints the other and they're angry and they, they have to come back around to it. They allowed this, and it wasn't like they didn't have little disagreements, you know what I mean? But there was never a point where there was a betrayal or a true letdown. Um, and I just appreciated that. I was like, yeah. thank you for just showing Black woman friendship. Um, and bro, even as you were naming, like, why is this movie called BAPS? I had had a moment of like, this movie could have been called Nisi and Mickey. Um, and that made too. me think of the movie, Romy and Michelle. Do y'all know that movie? I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. It's another one. It's like this one in terms of like, it's it's fun, but it's not like you, you, you wouldn't take it seriously, but it's fun. And um, I can't think of the main two characters. One of them is Phoebe from Friends. And um, I can't think of who the other actress is. Um, but anyway, the point is that even in that movie, which is the first one, girlfriend's movie that came to my mind, um, there was a point where they 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 turned on each other for a little while. I'm thinking about all of the high school films of girlfriends. Mira They're turning on each Sor other. Mira Sorvino. Yes, that was the other one. Um, so anyway, I just appreciated that the way that relationship was was per, the, portrayed and the last thing i'll say is i think the actual um story arc was well done you know i think that we got a chance to see them feel uh, uncomfortable in their current lives and want something else and, and be aspiring for something different um and we got to see them get to this place where they had to take some drastic leaps and then we got to watch them take one and we got them we got to watch them be build relationships in a new space and they really built over time there was no relationship that just happened they all evolved and then at the end we got to see them with an expanded community and having evolved as people and they showed that evolution in a lot of different ways. It was definitely in the way that they talked and the way that they interacted with people, the way that they dressed. And it wasn't saying what they were before was less. It was just like, man, we've taken in some new experiences and we've evolved and we see that now. So there's, you know, <laughs> the point Aubrey raised about the name being weird. I do still agree with that. That's a con. Like, I don't think, I don't love this name for the film. Um, if they did your idea, sis, of like calling it BAPS but never referencing it, yeah, I probably I would like the too. name more. I, I'd like the name better. But that's a con. That's a con for me. Um, but other than that, I feel like it's just, it's well done. And I, I've been able to kind of like take it for what it is all these years. 
And, um, you know, I just think it's a really fun movie. All right. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, I feel, this is a, I feel conflicted. Because <laughs> I knew. As you should. How much y'all love this movie. <laughs> and in this discussion, you definitely increased my, you know, appreciation for it. Like, like, Rotten Tomatoes, has, I think, at 15%. And I don't think it's that bad anymore. You know, it's just based on our conversations. But I can't, like, I, I, I can't imagine myself ever watching this again. And the some of the comedy, I'm like, I would have maybe laughed at this in 97. But a lot, we always talk about, has to be timeless. It has to be timeless, which means that if this was the first time I was watching it, it should still make me laugh. And and it just it just it just never got me there. And I never got drawn in to the movie. There were characters I felt rang true, but the main you know um, character, I I just she just didn't. They didn't draw me in like that. So. So I, yes, yeah, it's, it's not a classic, but I feel bad about saying it's not a classic. <laughs> I do, and I, I'm telling you, you I was, I was hanging on. Should. And I'm last... texting you a gift of someone saying shame to you. <laughs> shame. Well, well, folks, there you have it. Baps Wait. is not a classic from the but right perspective. It is the original Lyft and Uber. Page a oh, cab yeah, 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 luxury yeah, cab that. service. I want to say that. I want to mention that. that, that was, they had Uber. I. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Way they back in 97. Okay. Brittany, what were some of their little things? Um, Step back and check the fleet. I don't yeah. remember. Oh, like, like, you want to go to prom? Give us a call. I don't yeah, know. I, have, I don't know why I can't think of them right now. <laughs> yeah, he's good at stuff. Pierre, he's good at stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah, we got we we got to check out how to be player. Uh, that needs to be. Yeah, but I just oh, added that was good. I'm glad you brought planner. that back. Yeah, that you got to put Bill Bellamy in there somewhere. We yeah. got to have Bill Bellamy yeah. in there. Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I think this is another way in which the movie serves its purpose because one of the things we do always talk about in the our when we're evaluating a movie is like, is it is it really representing the time period? And this one obviously is because it's making us think about so many other nice yeah. things and it's it's taking us there, you know. So yeah, this movie accomplishes a lot of things, but it did not become a classic from the right perspective. That's okay, because I don't All care. Right. I got no problem sitting on this car because I just know it's poodle hair. I know it's poodle hair. <laughs> okay, thank <laughs> Let's you. Let's go listening. to a basketball house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We're just so grateful for your support. Love you, bro. Love y'all. Bye.